This is Krista Wright, and you are listening to All Points Whole, an open conversation with seekers and journeyers alike on the path to becoming physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally just that, All Points Whole, with a W. Welcome, Sean, to the All Points Whole podcast. I am super excited to have you on today, especially coming back. We've had a couple month uh, break here for our podcast. So having you on at the beginning of the year, I think, is just super critical with so many people struggling and feeling stuck and, and things like that. So why don't you share a little bit about what you do and kind of what brought you to that journey? <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so I provide basically two different types of treatments. So one would be energy healing. And a lot of times I'll also use crystals with that type of healing. And then the other one is regression and regression work, um, basically is kind of doing memory healing. So if someone is holding trauma from a memory or, you know, has certain ailments that they're challenged with, I can basically focus on those areas and have them relive, let's say, a past life or a current life memory that's that may be associated with that issue that they're dealing with. Right, right. Yeah. So what kind of brought you to that? So when I was a kid, I basically came from an extremely dysfunctional, traumatic upbringing. And at the age of 21, I was kind of like, well, if I don't get help, I'm probably in big trouble. Right. <laughs> so from that age, I kind of just started searching for help healers, you know, people that can just, you know, help me figure out why I'm so crazy inside and why I can't sit still and yes. <laughs> why I can't, you know, just basically function in right. a normal way. It felt like, yes. um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I started out with regular therapy, um, talk therapy, which was somewhat beneficial where I was at. And then I started getting into more of the energy stuff, um, energy healing, Reiki, um, I actually worked with a guru at one point, like a teacher that was into the whole guru thing and teacher thing. And that was quite interesting. And <laughs> what was interesting about that? What was interesting was like his energy was super high or mine was just low, but uh, being around him kind of brought up my stuff, like yeah. brought up emotions, brought up memories. I would flash to a memory when I was nine years old and like my mom and dad were fighting and just, I started to realize that <laughs> You know, these feelings and emotions are actually in the body, um, maybe through the mind, but I, I felt them in the body. I yes. felt anger in my back. I felt, you know, confusion or, you know, anxiety in my stomach. Like I was just having that experience of emotions residing in the body and being physical, not mental. Right. Which, you know, a lot of times isn't really... Um, understood or spoken about. You know, that's very interesting because I talk about that a lot and we haven't talked about this, but that is actually what's always happened to me. So I process my emotions physically. So I think it just takes from being a survivor and dealing with a lot of trauma. Maybe that's a common theme, but you know, you're just surviving so much that sometimes you can't acknowledge that. And then it comes through the body and the body's like, okay, then you're forced to kind of step back and deal with it. But all throughout my twenties, I was in and out of having all kinds of procedures done and things to find out, you know, what was wrong with me. And there was never an answer. And then I later learned, you know, what was going on. 
Yeah, definitely. That's the, I would say that's the difference between like Western and Eastern medicine is Western medicine will teach that emotions store in a part of the brain. I forgot the part, but they don't Yeah. Um, <laughs> in my experience. And I've never thought, you know, and then talk therapy is you usually talk about your feelings. Right. So then everybody thinks, okay, so my emotions or feelings are in the mind. And if I talk about them, it will heal them. And if I don't, then I just need to remove those organs and those areas right. that have issues and they have nothing to do with trauma or, you know, trapped emotions. And yeah. And that's a big one because my mom is a nurse and she was like, everything they trained me is opposite of what you're saying. My mom is a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when people say I'm sad, I, I don't, you know, they, they usually feel pain in their chest, the, the love center, or they, you know, they'll feel sadness in their heart or right. they'll feel something in their stomach. And, you know, I've never worked with someone where we went back to, you know, their mind or a thinking thing. It was either, it was always, you know, if it was a feeling, it was physical and that physical energy was always somewhere in their body. Absolutely. Yeah. That's been my experience. Yeah. So trauma basically trauma. brought you to this, yes. you know, and, um, and I'm the same way, obviously. And if anybody's been listening and you can refer back to previous episodes, but um, something you and I were talking about yesterday, and we'll get to this because I actually went to Sean for a session yesterday. And I'm so glad that I did before we did this because Wow. You know, um, and we have so much to talk about. But um, yesterday we were talking about how trauma is kind of an alarm clock for the soul to wake up mm -hmm. and and that perhaps we even set that clock ourselves, you know, before we came here. And so I just think that's really an interesting way to look at grief. Um, it's almost helps you detach from it a little bit mm -hmm. like it's still there, but you it helps you ascend to a point to look at it in a different way. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a big one because so many people think, oh, my God, my thoughts are me. And then, you know, so many people become suicidal because they either think something's wrong with them or that what they're thinking is who they are or yes. what they're feeling. They, they become so attached to it that they, you know, they come to a place where they just want to give up and they don't know. They don't understand that there it's something in them. It's not them. Right. And so I fully agree. You know, talk therapy has a place uh, for me, though. Most of my healing did not come through that kind of like what you're talking about. And I think it just doing the energy work kind of takes it out of that human level a little bit and, and on to that spiritual journey. Um, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your spiritual journey? Okay. <laughs> so, so when I was, let me try to get the timelines corrected. So I think when I was 25, I had back surgery. I crushed my disc in half really bad and I had back surgery. And from that place, pain, as you're saying, alarm clock, right? I couldn't, right. I couldn't, um, I couldn't do anything. I was forced to sit with myself. I was forced to look at myself. And this is kind of when I started getting deeper into the energy stuff and into the body stuff and subconscious work. Right. And I started to experience um, emotions in my body, in my back. And just, you know, it was a really, really difficult time in my life because I couldn't work out. I couldn't play bath. Basically, I couldn't run from myself. Yes. Yes. I did the same thing through exercise. Yeah. Yeah. So this yeah. is when I just went really like strong on my journey. I was a drug counselor at the time in New Jersey, and I quit my job, sold my furniture, and moved to Lake Tahoe, California by myself. Wow. And everybody was like, you're crazy. Of course. <laughs> and I was like, yep, <laughs> that's why I'm leaving. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. So I was just so sick of New Jersey and the area, and I just felt like... I had to experience different things and different aspects of myself and the environment did not support that. Right. 
And I just, I got that movement. I got that knowing I got like everything just lined up. Like, like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know where I was going. And two doors down, the guy was like, Oh yeah, we're moving out of our apartment. Cause you know, we, we need a bigger place. And I had a bigger place and he was like, and we have, we need furniture. And like, he wound up taking my apartment, buying all my furniture. Wow. It was like, life was like time for you to go. Yes. You that's know? when you know that it's for you is when everything just falls in your lap. Yeah, exactly. So it was like sometimes we try to do things and force them and nothing comes together. And yes. then other times it's like, how did that just happen? Like, yes. Like it, it, ha- it the synchronicity is so amazing because it's like instant and it's like, it just means. It is instant, yeah, isn't it? It just means it's time. And yes. There's nothing that can really stop it. It's so nice. Yeah. You're just like, oh, all that hard work is paying yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. So after Lake Tahoe. Yeah. So I went to Lake Tahoe. I wrote a book in Lake Tahoe. I published it. Um, I took that off, by the way, because it just, uh, you know, later in life, I realized it wasn't fully me and it was just a part of my journey, yes, which is nice. I know what you mean by that. Which is nice, but I was like, I read it like a year later and I was like, yeah, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't feel <laughs> That right. documents where I was at the time. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I opened up a healing center down there, Intuitive Healing Center, and I loved it. It was beautiful, but I just couldn't really um, manage it and I wasn't supposed to stay for some reason. And I just kept traveling around and just continuing working on myself. And I just, I reached a point with the energy work that I felt like there was a block and there was more Mm -hmm. like I was getting great results. I was able to, you know, help people clear stuff in their body, but I just felt like there was a factor I was missing. And that's when I connected with Stephen Parkhill and Stephen Parkhill was a hypnotist who was using regression therapy and it was healing cancer left and right. And doctors were following him and people were like, who is this guy? Like people were coming in with um, cancer with two weeks to live and then coming back and being cancer free. And they were like, how did you do this? Yeah. (laughs) And his book, uh, answer cancer is available. Um, you can get it on ebook. And when I read it, it was just like the hairs, like just stuck up in my body. And I was like, he's saying, he's explaining things that I already know that I didn't know. Yeah. And as I read it, it was like, yeah, well, that's what I experienced. Like, that's exactly true. And uh, he's the one who just started teaching me about the subconscious mind and how it, you know, how the subconscious mind records every memory and how the conscious mind always get, is always in the way of that. It's always trying to block it, trying to protect it, trying to yes. understand it. And to get to the memories, you have to bypass the subcon- the conscious mind. And as you get into those memories, when you clear negative belief systems and toxic emotions, yes. the body will restore itself back to health and people will heal yeah. on deep levels. So awesome. So where all did you follow him around? So he he was in um, Florida at the time, mm-hmm. and um, I went to his his house, and basically he agreed to mentor me. And wow. he, he was a pretty like tough guy. Like he, yeah, he you know he was dealing with a lot of like dark and difficult cases, and so he I'm would sure. only work with people he felt were gifted. So he felt like I was gifted. And he was just, he was very, very strong and he would not give up until he got to the truth inside you. And That's so awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And he said, everything comes from something. If you have a behavior, if you have certain traumas that you're, you know, you're living by, it comes from memory. It comes from something that happened in your life and we can get to that. 
Yes. And he would never give that. He would never like, you know, quit that. Yes. You know, that thought. Oh, I love that so much. Is he still alive or? So he passed about two years ago. Okay. I thought you said that. Yeah, he passed. And he, his book, Answer Cancer, he breaks down. I think he's probably had about a couple hundred like successful cases with cancer where they were healed. It's phenomenal. And he talks about the number one cause of cancer um, that he's, that he found was fetal trauma. And it was about, you know, children in the womb recording mom and dad's feelings. And right. when they're like, I don't know if I want to have a baby or, you know, mom's thoughts and feelings um, during the pregnancy, the child <clears throat> also died. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. I've heard about that a little bit. I don't know much about it, but I've heard about it. Yeah. And a lot of times sessions will go right back there, you know, when people, also when parents are taught to, you know, let kids cry it out and they're just left to cry or left to, you know, feel something they don't know how to feel. Um over time, those feelings, emotions, and memories stack up. Absolutely. And after a certain point, they will manifest into some type of physical ailment. Yes. Yeah. And behaviors. And oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, behaviors are usually the um, the coping mechanisms from a pain. Yes, you know, when they someone, are. This is, this is the part where people like, you know, don't really understand. Like they think that they, again, they think they're their behavior and then they have all this shame. And it's like, no, that behavior is to cope with some type of deep wound or deep yes. trauma that you didn't know how to handle. And it's subconscious, so, which means that you don't even know that it's there. Right. And the protection agency or mechanism is the behavior, is, is the behavior. Yes. Because yeah. our, and even our ego is there to protect us, you yeah. know? And yeah. so it is, it is those, and that's interesting, like uh, the traumas and, and why we respond the way we do and how it affects our behaviors. I mean, that's just so interesting that it really is a trauma response, you know, to protect yourself, but the behavior doesn't always look like you're trying to protect yourself, you know? No, you never, most people don't know they're protecting themselves. They, oh, no. They just think there's something's wrong with them or they're bad or, they're, you know, but if you look at a child, most children, they come in, they're beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> they're, and it's like, so what happened between that and that? And yes. A lot did, right? A and, lot and, did. And whatever the child or, or, you know, person couldn't handle or couldn't cope with is still there and it doesn't yes. go away. It, it, it doesn't. It either gets buried deeper or just, you know, it stays there. And eventually we all have to deal with it. We do. Yeah. Which kind of jumps us into perfectly um, my session with you yesterday because um, I've, uh, you know, I've had a little bit of energy work done, not really a lot at all, which is kind of ironic since I'm an energy worker, but, and I've talked about it on here, you know, it's just a gift I've had, you know, for a long time, but I've never had a guide or, or anyone like that. And I knew that it was kind of a, a not yet thing. Um, so I was so grateful to come to you yesterday and have that session. And I really... Um, there were some specific things that I asked, you know, whatever you want, the spirit, the universe creator, I refer to my higher power now as pure love, but that was a revelation and a story for another time. Um, but, but anyway, um, I came to you and I had two things I specifically asked that I wanted to hear you say, just to confirm to me that you were, you know, legit and you did. So, um, and immediately on the table, I mean, oh my gosh, like. I felt like I was floating. Um, it was just bizarre. Um, and then as we went into those memories, like not guided by you, just you touching the different areas, it was so interesting how the grief would come out and just pour out, you know, and then all of a sudden the opening, you know, would come after that grief came out of that area. Explain that to the listeners. Okay. So usually not all the time when I do energy work, 
do people actually go into trauma and go into memories? Right. So you definitely are a rare case. And, you know, everybody. A unicorn, I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It just means that you're open. Not everybody is open or ready for that or, you know, have to has to have that experience. Right. But for you, it was, there were so many layers of energy that were ready to come up. Yeah. A lot of times we have so much, we're ready to shift, but we we don't feel safe to, or we're afraid of change. And again, this is all subconscious. So if I told you this, you'd be like, nah, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's occurring subconscious. It means it's under your consciousness. So it's occurring underneath the surface that you're not aware of. Um, so what happens is again, the blocks or the pain or whatever you want to call it, the memories, they're in the way of us. So mm -hmm. when we bring, you know, high energy or lighter vibration into areas where there's pain or there's blocks, it's going to come up, you know, it's mm -hmm. going to, it wants to come up the part, you know, there's a deeper part of us that wants to be free. And when it comes up, what happens is it's just, it's almost like it's being like pulled up or we're putting a magnifying glass on it. And it's like, no more hiding. Like you're coming up yes. and it's like, boom. It's it like, was you boom. Know, yeah. And it's just like, it opened when it opens, it's like, Oh my God. But when it opened, I mean, I literally felt like I, I, I told you light as a feather, stiff as a board, that game that kids play. But like, I was like, I'm floating like, yeah, yeah. and the lights, like yeah. the white lights and, you know, but that came after each like breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's important too. So usually what happens is you got the block, right? So you got the sadness or whatever it is. Yeah. And then when that opens up and releases, then it's like you get the energy that it was blocked. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So you get the piece of you that was stuck under it. Right. And it's like, boom, it's almost like you get a piece of yourself back because it's, you know, it's an aspect of yourself that got suppressed, that got stopped. Yes. And it's pressing. That's why they call it like, you know, depression. It's pressing. Oh. <laughs> it's pressing on you. It's, it's holding your energy. And when... You know, it's ready to open. And when you feel it, it's like, boom, it's like a oh, big, makes sense. it's like, it's like the sadness. But then immediately after it's like an opening and then you get a piece of yourself back, right. which is extremely important because most people think like it's never going to end the sadness. And it's like, no, it does. end. it can't, it can't last. No, it's not you. It's, it's energy that's stuck in you. Yes. Yeah. And so just to <clears throat> tell a little bit, like I had been going through this dark night of the soul, which I didn't even know to call it that until I started seeing that, um, kind of those terms, but it made total sense for me for like kind of what I'd been through in the last three months. And, and I felt super dark and super scared. Um, and then I've started to awaken more and more, which the first big awakening happened for me in October that I'll later talk about. But, um, then coming to you more and more, um, yesterday really felt like exactly what's described in ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, yeah. I've been researching ayahuasca ceremonies for four years. I've joined a church, like I'm ready to go do one. I've paid my fees, but honestly, like after that with you, I'm like, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Um, and of course I don't want it to be necessary. Um, but I do think that, you know, there are plants that can help people, you know, who might need a little extra help, you know, in awakening. Um, but man, go see Sean, forget the ayahuasca. Um, <laughs> because it was like crazy. Yeah. I mean, I went back to my inner child, which I mean, I could have made that up, you know, and there's my inner child in a field, you know, and I'm seeing it and I'm seeing her and wow, just, you know, and then there was a little girl on the steps and then there was an older person, you know, and just all these things and communicating with them. And it's not like I was communicating them with, with words. It was a knowing, it mm -hmm. was like a, just a knowing communication and then healing those things. Um, yep. wow. Yeah. 
and the bright white lights. Like the whole thing, the whole thing is how ayahuasca is described. Yeah, it's just, I think ayahuasca is another way to bypass the analytical exterior mind, right? And right. to get into our memories, our soul, and our emotions right. that are at the core of our being. And whatever's in the way of our being, when we're ready, and most people that take ayahuasca are, it comes up. Right. Um, so yeah, the, so the T is just a bypass to get into those things. And so it just kind of like helps you get there. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I, I've never done it, but from hearing it, it's like, you know, it's more of a, you know, the tea brings you into those things. And I, I think there's usually a guide that helps guide you and helps you work through things. Yeah. They use music and different stuff like that. Yeah. We use like just deep breathing and kind of like a trance like state, which the energy work does automatically. Right. And so the same thing's happening. So, you know, you get out of your head and you go into your, your energy or your subconscious or your soul. And then, the energy is bringing up all these blocks and all these things that you're carrying from each lifetime or whatever that you're meant to learn and grow and heal from. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's your journey. It's a spiritual journey, mm -hmm. which I think everyone's on, but you know, most people wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Why do some people, because in my awakening in October that I had and, and receiving that pure love revelation and, and everything that happened, um, my first thought as I was crying was, but what about everybody else? Yeah. I mean, so everybody's, in my experience, is just at different places and whatever their um, their belief systems are is where they're going to go with. And if sometimes certain things aren't explained that's tied to their belief systems, then they're going to dismiss that. But everyone in life has to go through things. I don't care who you are. You have to go through pain. You have to go through hurt. You have to go through things, which is, which is evolution. So that, to me, is a journey. We all have a spirit. Some people may do not you know, deny that, but I see the spirit as just your essence, the deeper part of yourself, right? The child in you, that's like the spirit, like essence. Mm. So a spiritual journey basically is a human journey that we're all on and that we're all here to learn from. Maybe someone's life is just to be, you know, to be married their whole life and experience great love and have a child, you know, that's their journey. Mm -hmm. So we just have all different types of journeys. Okay. And I, I just like to categorize it as, you know, we're all on a journey. Cause of course me, like I'm ready to crusade and help everyone awaken and ascend you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah, most people that's are. my first thought <laughs> because people. i want people to experience that same freedom and that same like yeah. unconditional love to where i could see that every trauma i went through was out of love like yeah. ev and could actually be grateful yeah. for those traumas i mean that is powerful yeah that's a rare that's rare for even people that have been doing this work for a while that's hard especially when it, you have really like deep stuff and pain it's hard to like, yeah but when you realize that trauma is just um, us as animals hurting each other and being confused and not knowing, and when you realize that, and then when you see how it can bring you to a deeper place in yourself and bring you to a deeper place of forgiveness, yeah. that's when they usually have the gratitude. But when, when people are in it, they're, you know. You, oh, well, no. I just, mean, I was like hard. in the darkest spot that I've ever been in, but yeah. then just out of the blue, unexpected, yeah. you, you know, it. that revelation came and, yeah. and literally saying like, thank you yeah. for my son's death. Like, thank you. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you can't live there immediately. You know, I go back to, you know, it's the holidays. I'm sad. You know, I'm crying. I'm grieving. You can't control grief. Grief will always be there. Um, not to the, you know, same degree, especially if you do energy work, but, um, I don't know, just to be able to say that. And it happened again yesterday uh, during our session. So yeah. 
some of the times that I was crying, it was gratitude. Like, I'm just so thankful to have this level of understanding. And I'm so thankful to have broken free to it. And again, I'm just trying to make sense of I've broken free. Now, what is my task with this? You know, where do I go from here? And for me, I think it's to develop inward. You know, I've, I've been on that journey for the last couple of weeks, just kind of being alone and going inward and not like, we don't have to be alone. I'm not saying that, but for me, just to give myself time to go inward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who we are inside is usually extremely different than what we think we are. Yes. And when we realize that that's a whole, you know, awakening (laughs) itself, when you realize you're not your thoughts, you're not your culture, you're not your belief systems, you're not your upbringings, you're not your parents. When you realize you're not your conditioning and your programming, it's like, whoa. And then who am I? And it's like, all right, time to find out if you're ready. And if you're not, it's all good. Right. So, you know, that's, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, awakening in itself. And you mentioned programming, which is something they talk about a lot in recovery rooms. Um, why don't you talk about programming just a little bit? Okay. I also want to, I actually want to talk about grief a little bit. Oh, okay. So do that. I don't want to go against anyone, but a lot of people do say that grief never ends. And I will say the opposite. Love okay. never ends. Grief does end. Okay. Well, grief, that's hopeful. Grief is, a, is, <laughs> is the absence of love. Grief is the loss of love. When right. love, right, connection, you can return to, you have to return to eventually. So a lot of times what will happen is someone will say, oh, I've been grieving for 20 years. And I was like, Okay. And, but they, they haven't been, they've been stuck in it. Well, right. They've been, they've been, you know, really stuck in it. And as I've worked with people or as we help them, you know, release the grief and, and feel the loss and work through all the feelings that come with that, that they come to a level of peace inside themselves mm-hmm. and they reconnect with mm-hmm. the person they've lost or whatever Yes. with love. And the other part that gets confused is that they think if they, you know, that the pain of losing becomes the connection to the person. Mm-hmm. So then they're afraid to let go of the pain because then they're going to lose the person. And that, that's, you know, a core thing. So people can, you know, let go of grief. I'm not dismissing people's grief. of course. Oh no. That, I mean, that's very encouraging. People can, you know? can heal from that and don't have to sit in grief. And there's so many saying that there that's like grief never ends. Like, um, it's almost like promoting that like you always suffer and you're supposed to because how can you be happy when you lost your child or lost this? Absolutely. Lost that? That's a thought. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying there's a deeper part. You can reconnect to that child. You can, you know, you can be with them. You can, you can do that work. I have. Yeah, yeah I have. have yeah. And it's, it's the most yeah. beautiful thing in the world. Um, yeah. But that didn't come until after the, the awakening. I mean, I had moments of him, yeah. but it's been different since that awakening. Definitely. So I just say mm-hmm. that for the person that, you know, is stuck in it and just feel like they can't move forward and, you know, that, you know, they healing is possible when you lose a loved one and it's hard, but it's, you know, if the person is ready, it's definitely, you know, something they can achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think, and this is why I brought up programming, do you think that programming kind of prevents us a little bit from getting to that place of Awakening. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, pro- programming in, in its nature is basically something that's automatic, and consciousness in its nature is something that's free. Okay. So if you think about programming, it's you know, so if someone's programmed to be a certain way, they, how can you be programmed and be conscious at the same time? So when there's programming in an individual, it usually either comes from culture, it can come from environment, it can come from emotional trauma, it can come from all types of different things. But there's usually a lack of freedom in it because it's automatic and it just happens. Right. Um, so when you bring consciousness to programming, it begins to open up areas that are either stuck or either constant. 
which is probably what I was experiencing yesterday. And I know it's what I was experiencing in October because I was just breaking through social constructs and prejudices and boxes like a ninja. I mean, just one (laughs) after the other. It was like, whoa, you know, I mean, just wow. Um, And so, yeah. So, But I'd never even heard about programming until I was in recovery rooms. I didn't know about programming. Yeah, it's interesting if you think about it, right? So say let's some someone has a conscious conscious desire for love, right? And they you could see them and they they want love and you, you could tell they're authentic and then they keep attracting someone that abuses them. Are you talking about me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and then so yeah. they so then you would say so why you know, you could tell this person wants love. Why do they keep attracting the opposite? It's because of the programming and trauma that they're still holding and whatever they experienced as love, they're going to attract. And, and until they break that, that programming where love is painful or love is critical or love is, is abusive or, you know, those are all, you know, programmings that are inside of them through experience. And right. as someone experiences, you know, a certain experience over and over again, it creates a programming just like a computer system. Mm-hmm. And if that programming is, is toxic, then like, like a computer, it becomes like a virus. And, you know, love is like, I would say the fuel or, or life for, for consciousness, you know, true love. But it's hard to say that because, True love versus programming is, you know, you could get, you could have a concept of love as say unconditional or, you know, the principles, but whatever you experience is going to bypass that. Right. It's going to be stronger than that. So that's where helping people look at first, like, okay, what is love? What was love for you? And, Mm -hmm. you know, working through some of the aspects of love that are, that that were painful or the aspects of their upbringings or the, of their conditionings that were painful and actually don't promote real love. Mm -hmm. So that's some of the work that, you know, a lot of people do. Do you feel like more people are kind of open to this type of work and thing right now? Like, do you feel that there's some type of shift happening? Uh, Yep. Yeah, I've been getting like people from just Googling, I guess, healing and coming out of nowhere saying like, I need, I need yeah, some healing. Like, I'm going through so much stuff since yeah. COVID and everyone's home and we're going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. so, so maybe that did kind of push us more into definitely. 2020 kind of pushed us more into that spiritual shift. Yeah, definitely. I think pain and, you know, all that stuff coming to the surface um, brings consciousness and promotes healing. Otherwise, it's like if everything's going great, like why would you change? Right. Um, unless you're just on a radical change, you know, journey that is all about growing. But most people, when they're comfortable or where they're satisfied, they're not looking to change. Right. But when everything gets thrown in the air and <laughs> kind of, you know, gets shaken up, then people, you know, they want to change because they don't want to feel that way. They don't want to be stuck in, you know, those lower energy feelings. Right. So what happens when we're stuck in those feelings? I mean, you know, like it literally prevents us from moving forward in any way. Right. I mean, so a lot of times when people like lose someone or like they go through a period of like extreme pain and it consumes them, that's when usually they look for help because they're being consumed by something and you know, it hurts Mm -hmm. and they're not, you know, they're usually, they're very unhappy. And you know, a lot of times when you lose one person or one thing, it triggers all the other things that you lost. Yes. So it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of the way life kind of helps us like clear and heal. It's, 
you know, it's like when we have all these things in our house, you know, we have all this stuff we don't need and we're forced to move and we have to go through all that stuff. Oh, yeah. All that stuff is connected to old things inside of us. And a lot of times people will cry and people will go through things as they, you know, let go of certain items and certain material things that are tied to the past or tied to old parts of yourself. Yes. It's kind of the same thing with, you know, with loss and growth. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell someone like what what's a good start for our listeners that are out there and maybe they've never heard of Reiki they've you know it sounds kind of like weird to them kind of out there um but they're struggling and they feel stuck and they're depressed and they're all these things we've talked about but they are asking for help like what what would be a good you know first step or or plan for those people So I think that you know, people have to do, you know, do something different in order to have, to have a different experience. So if you're not happy with where you're at and you're doing the same things that are getting you the same experience, I would say you got to take a chance. Yes. Uh, otherwise, you know, you got to take that chance, take, take a chance, like find someone that you know that, you know, that does the work or, you know, make sure you, you find someone who's good at it and that, that's safe. Yes. That's very important. And the cool thing to know is like when you're on a table, like, you know, you're still in control of yourself. It's not like, you know, you can be manipulated and, you know, just take the chance, see what happens. Um, energy is all around us. If you think about it, you know, when someone walks into the room, we usually can read them right away. We can oh, yes. tell if they're, you know, what's, what's there. If we feel safe with them, if we want to talk to them. So, it, it, you know, it's not like this stuff is different. You go, when you're around someone who you really care about, you feel safe in their presence. You feel like you can open up. Like, so these are kind of all the principles of healing. Like, these are the things that you want to look for in a person when, you know, you're doing this work and interview them, ask them questions. Like, don't just, don't just say, okay, just ask them <laughs> yeah. what they do, what it's like, you know, ask a lot of questions and make sure that, you know, it's the right person to do the work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Yeah. So Sean is um, actually out of Asheville, and you can find him on Instagram at Transformation Healing Space. Um, but we decided that we're going to kind of turn this into like a little mini series, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think for today, I think that was like a lot of information for people, you know, to kind of um, take in. Okay. Is there anything else that you would want to share with the listeners before um. we go? I guess just um, my message, I guess, to anyone and everyone is to, if you can begin to listen in yourself and not your mind, um, begin to pay attention to what's going on inside of you. I think that's where the truth is. That is um, where the truth is. No one can give you the answers. They're all inside of you. The only thing that we can do yes. is guide you to that. And as you have your experience within yourself, that's when you'll begin to awaken and you'll begin to evolve. And it's, it may sound really difficult, but taking the first steps with doing that can really help and make a difference. Yes. And, you know, for me, that's been really hard because I just want to cry and be like, no, but I want someone else to do, you know, to guide me. Like, I want someone else to guide me. I don't want to do it alone, you know. And so that's what I've been talking about, like being alone. But in October, I realized I guided myself here. Like I made it to that breakthrough and that I was my guide. And that was really powerful. So I just encourage people, it's not scary to go inward and it is all inside. The power yeah. is there. Yeah. And the, and the guides, like you said, they'll show up. 
but sometimes you got to take the first step, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, you know, they'll show up. And just remember, you started, you know, this life being inside yourself as a child. You were all in yourself. We were, you know, basically mostly one with ourselves. Right. And whatever happened that brought us outside ourselves, you know, eventually those constructs will collapse. Yes. It, I guess it just matters when for each person. Yes. And to what level, you know, where you're at with yourself. And just being willing to let go. Yeah, being willing and practicing it and, just, <laughs> you know, it's really hard for people like when I, I found like certain words like let go or surrender or, you know, they'd be like, what does that mean? Yes, <laughs> and so I get that what a lot. It, what it means is that you stop listening to your, you know, protective, insecure mind, not you. <laughs> and you take some breaths and you go into your body and you bring your presence and you feel what's there and you begin to listen yeah. inside because you will get more direction there than you ever will from your mind because your mind is always trying to protect you it's 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 just you know it's a big mess our, our minds are just it's like the we all have the monkey mind right it wants to protect you and then it wants to make you safe and want it just has all these agendas and yes. so as you as you can go into your body and i'm not saying to quiet the mind so many people think meditation is about quieting the mind it's not it's about going into your body it's about being the being is in the body so practice there, try it, you know, just let yourself have that experience. Yes. Yes. Getting out of the mind. Yes. It's critical. Oh yeah. The mind is too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I know it's there to protect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's so good to have you, Sean, and I'm excited to have you on so that we can delve deeper into these topics that we mentioned, like, you know, deprogramming, ascension, awakening, um, all of these things that are really mind blowing. And I think critical for everyone. Of course, I feel critical for everyone to experience. Mm -hmm. I hope they get to in this lifetime, you yeah. know, what a tragedy if not. Um, yeah. I mean, so. eventually they will, I think. No, eventually they will. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. people, you know, keep repeating certain lives to, you know, get their lesson and however many lives it takes is their journey. Right. Know? But yeah, of course we always want, we always want the hope that you get it this life. You get it now, if you can, you know, yes. we're rooting for you basically. Yes, <laughs> we are rooting for you. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Sean. And I can't wait to have you back on. Okay. Thanks. Thanks.